Women Who Launch and Lead, the podcast for women ready to change the world by women who are changing the world. Listen in each week on iTunes, Google, Spotify, Breaker, or Stitcher as we connect with women making it happen in life, business, and career. Relate to their struggles, learn their strategies, and celebrate their successes. Then show your love by subscribing and leaving a review. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon, and we are here with another episode of Women Who Launch and Lead. And today we have Nicole Sullivan, who is the founder and chief maker at Keppel and Kismet Creative Workshop. So, Nicole, we are excited to have you here today and learn about your journey and just learn from your story and your experiences. So, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So we always like to find out a bit about our guests before we jump into the meat of your story. So start off by sharing with us who you are, what you do, and how you are impacting the world. Oh, um, all right. Who am I? I am a um, wife of Peter mother of a, a blended family of four girls raging, ranging in age from 13, almost 14 to 35. Um, I born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, where I currently live today. And let's see, that's, that's, and I am a uh, creative at heart. So Creating has been something that has been a passion of mine probably since um, easily early 2000s, even perhaps before then. And so I always kind of find something that I want to learn to do, figure out how to do it and, and, and start doing that thing until I feel like I've kind of gotten it down, then I move to the next thing. Um, so I feel like that's, that's kind of who I am. Um, what am I doing to impact the world? Um, I, I, I believe that it, this is cliche, but I believe it to be true that we were all created to create. And I like to inspire people to create. I like to inspire them to get out of their comfort zones and try something new that they, maybe they'll even be able to do at home. Maybe it involves a, a tool. Maybe it doesn't. Um, so I believe I am giving women confidence that they can do, um, things that are outside of their comfort zone, that they, you know, not only help create small people, but they also can create their own, you know, wall clocks if they want to. So confidence, it really is the underlying thing I think I bring to the table as far as what how I'm impacting the world, giving women confidence in particular. Mm -hmm. um, but I do it through creating. Okay. That's a very unique way of looking at what you do. Um, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that you're really 
you know, focusing on confidence, even though you're using these, you know, this creative um, process or these creative techniques to do so. Um, I don't think I've ever heard anybody describe similar work in that type of way. So that's, that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're the owner of a creative workshop, mm-hmm. um, which means, you know, you have this storefront, you know, this yes. location that people can walk into and have this experience. Um, and your, your retail location is a more recent accomplishment, but you've been yes. creating for a very long time. <laughs> yes. So how did you go from, you know, the work, uh, well, essentially starting for doing stuff for yourself mm-hmm. and then making those things available in the marketplace um, and then to now having an actual physical location to interact and engage with people? Well, that is actually a very long story, but, um, and it's a very interesting one that I do like to share because the bottom line is that I believe I was created to do this. I think that it's a passion that was put in me. I don't know that I ever said, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to open a storefront. As a matter of fact, I know I never said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I knew that I had an entrepreneurial spirit, but early on, I mean, I'm a corporate girl and or have was uh, for and enjoyed that. I enjoyed, uh, I'm a, a project manager by trade, did that for 17 years um, in the financial services industry, um, specifically IT project management. Um, before that, I still was in the financial services industry, just working in various operational capacities. And I enjoyed that. I liked doing the creative thing on the side. Um, and then, uh, but, and I always sold stuff like direct sales, you know, I don't know, scrapbooking materials was like my favorite thing. And I still do that when I have the time, which is so seldom now, but I still do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that being a person of faith, I cannot tell the story without saying that it was a God thing. Like the scrapbooking, I feel like was how God brought me to tap into my creative side because it just opened the floodgates. I was like, oh, I can do this? Oh, wait a minute. And I just kind of pivoted to cards. And then I, you know, it's like whatever I saw in the store, if I thought I could make it, I researched how to make it from sugar scrubs and body body creams to side tables. Just, it just, there wasn't a particular thing. It was just (laughs) making stuff. Um, When my youngest, who will be 14 soon, was born that's when I started getting this this actually before she was born that's when I started getting this desire to just go out on my own but I still wanted it to be a side hustle to be honest like I liked the stability of my salary and the benefits I I just could not see myself letting that go um 
I kept feeling like I needed to pursue learning how to be an entrepreneur, just all the things around that. Um, and honestly, I just ignored it. And then <laughs> things started happening at my job. And I felt like, wait, is the Lord telling me I need to leave this job? Like, how do I know? What does that feel like? Mm -hmm. what, you know, how, how does one know if this is the thing that they're being prompted to do? Or am I just feeling a little dissatisfied right now? Right. And through a series of events, I ended up um, leaving my employer. And, and it's interesting how that happened because I had survived years of layoffs. And I feel like I was given the choice, leave this job and start your own thing or stay here and create a disruption in your, in your family. So my employer um, uh, took away my ability to work from home, not just mine, everyone. They called all of the work from home people in and I've been working from home full time for 10 years and traveling um, relatively frequently, but working at home when I wasn't traveling and, and that had, and the working from home had to stop. However, in order for me to accommodate their request, I would have had to drive about an hour and a half one way, um, and do that every day and, or at least four days a week. And that did not suit my family very well with my husband's employment and where my daughter goes to school we really would not have been able to to do life the way we've chosen to do life. And so I really didn't have a choice. In my in my opinion, it there was no choice. So I had to tell them, well, I'm not, I can't relocate and I can't commute. So I guess I'm leaving. Um, and so I did have another opportunity. And so uh, that was done. They actually were gracious enough to give me a package. And and so I saw that as um, an opportunity for me to have some cushion to pursue doing my own thing. And my own thing, I thought was an Etsy shop because mm -hmm. I was thinking I could do this from home and I have so much flexibility. And um, this was the, the way for me to uh, still be present for um, my youngest who at the time was in elementary school and and work build a business from home and show her that you know moms can moms can pursue their passions they can work and be and be moms and um that not having an established business and a thing to do every day and being home was not for me i was like okay this is not working i am I need something to do with myself that is the prescribed list of, list of things to do. So I need to pursue employment again. So honestly, I was like jumping ship already. <laughs> um, I went back, I got offered a job um, with my former employer, but it was local and um, it was even more money and a higher position. But I felt in my gut, it was not the thing I was supposed to do. And I needed to trust God and say no. And there were some warning signs that were glaring that let me know that that was probably the right thing to do. So I, I talked to my husband and he, I said, I think I'm supposed to start a business like full time. I think that's supposed to be a full time thing. While I have this severance, it's like, I feel like this is now or never. And so 
he was not completely on board, but I think he just trusted that I am not a fly by night person. Mm -hmm. And so there must be something to this. So I said, just give me a year. And so he said, yes, I turned down the job. And then two weeks later, <laughs> a friend of mine who works at my former employer told me that all the people in that department that I would have been working in got called into Delaware. So they would have had to drive to Delaware. If I had taken that job, I would have been right back in the position I was in before. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, see, I was obedient to where I know the Lord was calling me. And he then showed me after the fact, this is where you would have, this is why I told you no to that. So this kind of speaks to why I say, I, I don't feel like it was a choice. I feel like I was being directed. There's something I'm supposed to accomplish. There's some purpose that I have that's beyond my enjoyment of making things um, that I'm supposed to be doing. So I just said, okay, how do I do this? And what do I do? And I kid you not, opportunities just kept coming to me. Um, I decided to take an unused room in our house that was like just a junky storage room that had all my scrapbooking stuff and whatever else we wanted to store in it and turn it into a craft room. Um, and we hired a company to do that and they sent out a designer and the designer saw all of my equipment and tools and stuff and asked me, what did I do? And I kind of explained that I'd make stuff and, you know, whatever is, you know, the thing, but mm -hmm. that I wanted to open an Etsy shop doing like wall decals, vinyl wall decals, wood signs and, you know, other things, paper crafts and things. And so she, she asked me if I'd heard of a local place in Baltimore that is a co-working maker space. Um, and, um, uh, I told her, no, I had never heard of it, even though it's like 15 minutes from my house. And she said, oh, you really should check it out. And so I did uh, after someone else randomly told me about the same place. So in a week's time, I had heard about it twice from two unrelated people. Right. And so I went there for an information session. And the day I happened to go for an information session, there was um, a group having an an, un, uh, an unrelated information session. In less than 12 months, I had certif gotten certified on how to use woodshop tools, everything from a jointer, a planer, a chop saw, band saws, whatever, uh, shop tools and hand tools. I had uh, learned some basics in textiles, so sewing, which I realized was not my thing. So it was good to, it was good to try that and know <laughs> that was not in my, not in the bucket of things that uh, I really wanted to pursue um, and went and got through the Moms as Entrepreneurs program, which helped me launch an Etsy shop in less than 12 months from when I said, give me a year. Mm -hmm. And I didn't plan that. I didn't even know about most of these resources. Right, it right. was someone telling me and then me kind of following through on that and then me being in the right place at the right time and following up on that. And everything after that was, okay, wait, I just heard so-and-so shared this. Let me follow up on it. If in my gut, I felt like I was supposed to follow up, I followed up. Mm -hmm. um, when I thought I wasn't, I didn't have the skill set to do a particular thing, I went to learn how to do it. And so I, it just kind of gave me the courage to continue to explore. Like I felt like I'm on this adventure I'm not exactly sure where this is going. I'm going to follow all, I'm going to follow the yellow brick road for, you know, to, for lack of a better phrase there. But um, 
and see where it leads me. And within three weeks time, between the second week of December and the first week of January, the second week of December 2018 and the first week of January 2019, I had five different people ask me if I would do wood sign workshops. And I said, is that even a thing? So I decided after the fifth time that clearly this is another thing. This is another breadcrumb. I need to follow this. And so I just Googled it. Wood sign workshops. Is this a thing? Are there, there aren't any businesses like that any brick and mortar businesses in particular in my area. So I didn't know it was a thing. Well, I came to learn that it is a thing and it is big across the country. Um, in certain pockets of the country, there are more, there are several franchise, uh, fr franchises out there, two of which are uh, pretty established. Um, and so I decided to pursue that and decided to go independent. One, I had very limited funding. Um, and I had the wonderful benefit and blessing of a family member um, providing me a business loan because as a brand new business, I wouldn't have had access to those funds. And I needed to be very wise in how I used it and spending it on a franchise was not something I could afford to do. So that's why I ended up going independent. Um, and, and through a series of honestly just me kind of hitting the street trying to find stores that would let me sell my my wood signs in their locations i found a woman who told me about a location that maybe i could open up for my workshops i had already explored a few they were um, not ones i could afford and this one was like in this prime spot and it was it was within my price range, and I was like, "How is how, this is crazy?" It was just very serendipitous, mm -hmm. um, is what I would say. If I did not know that God orchestrated it, all of it was one thing after another. Me having someone come to me or someone ask me if I would do this thing, and me being willing to say yes. And that led to the next thing and to the next thing. And it has grown, but it's, it's still very new. And, you know, it, we our grand opening was November 23rd of 2019, mm -hmm. which is two years after I left my job. Mm -hmm. Less than two years, less, less than a year from when I first said, huh, should I do workshops? less than a year and so you know I just feel like I am on a path to go toward my purpose mm -hmm. and that's it okay that's a very um inspiring story in that you were open to you know kind of going where you were led to go and not having to feel like you needed to know what the next step was mm -hmm. and um have everything planned out and even when you had a plan being open to revising that plan based on opportunities um, that were made available to you. So I think there's a lesson in that for our listeners. Now, launching a business um, and growing a business in and of itself can be a very challenging <laughs> process. Um, but, you know, launching a business that you're working outside of your home and requires you to be away from home, mm -hmm. um, requires you to have multiple people, you know, to help you 
make it happen before opening the doors and then after the doors are open. Um, what's one of the challenges that you've faced in going through this process? Yes. Yeah, so I think the the one challenge that I feel like well, there are several. One I would say that maybe hit me the hardest is being away from home so much. I mean, since my youngest was born, I've worked from home and I've had the opportunity to take her to school, pick her up from school, hurry up and get back home onto my conference calls or whatever the case may be. So not being able to always do that is the thing that has been very challenging for me Mm -hmm. having to pick her up from school take her to the shop I am sensitive to the fact that she needs some consistency we need to have dinner at a reasonable time she needs a routine in the evening even though she's in middle school I still want her to have some routine and normalcy so she can be rested Um, and just so that she doesn't feel like she's living life on the go Um, that has been a real struggle for me because Some of it is me not letting go of the fact that she is relatively independent. And some of it is me not being sure of what it, what, what matters most? What does she need from me? Um, Does it matter? Should I just, you know, let her go home? Cause my mom helps out a lot. Um, Picks her up from school and we'll bring her to the shop three days a week. And then I, I do the other two days a week. Um, or should she just go home? And so I got to a point where I said, she, she should just go home mm-hmm. because then she's at home, which is going to motivate me to get out of here. When she was at the library, I would forget she was even with me. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, it's seven o'clock. <laughs> I gotta get my kid and get home. I don't have that problem now, but it, it, and that is, uh, that has probably been the biggest struggle. And then we had that like winter break in the midst of that. And I, so I got used to not having to worry about the schedule and then break was over and I had to worry about that again. And it bothered me because I was like, I can't be here. I need to leave. And my workshop, I have workshops two days a week right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the other days of the week are prep and administration and things like that. And so I would let myself be there to eight o'clock at night if I did not have to you know, be home. So, you know, that, that has been a struggle. I don't know that I've even figured out the right balance of that yet, but I will say I feel better about saying, no, she can go home Mm -hmm. because that's a way for me to manage myself actually. And be like, five o'clock is it. If I'm not out at four o'clock, it's time to wrap up five o'clock. I need to be home because we need, somebody needs to get in bed at a decent time. And that includes me, her, and, <laughs> and me too. My husband can survive on a few hours sleep, not me. I need seven or else I, I process words very well the next day. Okay. Um, so that, that, I feel like that's been the challenge, just that mom balance. Like mm-hmm. I, I was used to being home like for over 10 years, really over 10 years. And I could... I could, you know, have my laptop in the kitchen while I was doing dinner prep if I needed to. And that's just not my existence anymore. Right, right. So part of dealing with that challenge was 
you know, enlisting some help, you know, you had your mom there, mm-hmm. um, which is awesome. Um, but what I want our listeners to, to hear that it's not a, necessarily about who is helping, but that you ask yes. <laughs> for help, that yes. you pull in for people, you know, people who are willing to help get their help um, yes. in whatever way that they're willing to help. You know, there might be one specific thing you're looking for. There might not be anyone there at that time who can help with that, but maybe they can help with some something else that can then free you up to, you know, address whatever that outstanding issue is. Um, and just well, recognizing you don't have to go it alone. Yes, that has been huge, actually. Even getting from the day we signed the lease to, and I say we because I, I think my husband is in this with me, though I am a, a single member LLC right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's the, he's the silent partner and he's also the woodcutter. Um, so we signed the lease on October 1st and grand opening was November 23rd. I had droves of friends, like they volunteered to help me build this space out. We built tables from scratch. I could, I, I had a, I had a fixed set of funds and, and honestly, I asked for that. It was uncomfortable to ask the family member for the loan, but I did. And after she thought through it, um, she said, yes. So that was the first ask for help. Mm-hmm. The second ask was to say, go out to my network and say, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to beat the holidays and I need help. And people were so willing. Mm-hmm. And then after that, even still to this day, I have friends who say, Nicole, you need me to weed some stencils. And, and when I can, when I, when it's something I need done and I know that this particular person is willing and able to do that thing, because I do, you know, I don't take everyone up on every offer because these are things I'm selling to customers. So it does need to be a good finished product. Um, but the fact that people are willing, I have learned to say yes. And I, I, I am just so great. So, so grateful for the, the, the fact that when I ask people say yes, mm-hmm. and if they don't, I understand like, okay, this, but you know, I have got to be comfortable asking and, and taking people up when they offer and not feeling like, oh, I know this is going to be a burden for them. Well, they offered. So obviously, (laughs) you know, they're willing and I I don't have to manage their lives in mind too. I can take them up on this if they've offered it. So that, that has been huge. I want the anniversary celebration to be one where I'm able to just honor all the volunteers and you know everyone who came out and just so that they could see just how appreciative how appreciative I am knowing I would not have gotten to opening day without them right um and just the getting the store to where it is would not have been possible in this time without them Mm. that's powerful as well um so it's not just accepting the help when it's offered, um, but then demonstrating in some sort of way your appreciation for the help. Um, Because people will often say, you know, oh, don't worry about it. (laughs) Right? Right? And that's fine, but you you need to thank people, whether they say they don't need it or not. Um, Because you never know when you're going to have to ask for help again, Mm -hmm. Um, but also because you do appreciate it. Right. You know, and you recognize mm-hmm. that 
no matter how small the thing is that someone is helping you with, it's still requiring a sacrifice on their part of something. Yes. Um, and you meant enough to them to be willing to make that sacrifice. So that show of appreciation um, just is, is something that, that we should be doing, you know, yes. recognition of those who support our, our visions and our dreams. Yes. Um, so what is one of your strategies for self-care? Oh, I schedule it. First of all, I, my work day where I engage and, and say I am officially starting work is 10 a.m. I, I actually don't even check work email before then. Mm -hmm. And if I get a call and I don't know who it is, I don't answer it before then. Um, because when school is, is normally in session, um, I drop off at 8.30 in the morning. And if I haven't had time to just sit and be quiet, I usually do some type of devotion or um, study of the Bible in the morning. If I haven't had time to do that, I want to allow myself that time before I launch into my workday. Mm -hmm. If I have had my, the time to do that, then I want to be able to sit and have coffee when I get in the shop and just ease into the workday. And so I am a go, 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 go person. Like burning a candle at both ends is just my bent. So I have to be very intentional about my boundaries. And at some point, I do not go to bed without time for me. Like if it's a late night, I will spend the last 15 minutes, read, my eyes, eyelids will close, read, trying to read a book because it's just the thing that I need to close out the day where I can say something, there was, the, you know, the bookends were about self-care. Um, mind, body, spirit, it just needs to check one of, one of those boxes at least. Um, I love getting up in the morning and being able to like do yoga, drink coffee, do a devotional. And I can do all that now before 10 because I don't have to go anywhere to drop off for school <laughs> since they're doing home-based learning right now. So I actually have more time. I can come downstairs and fluff the pillows because usually it's a, it looks like somebody's been playing football with them, um, you know, in the morning. So I, that's, that's the thing that I'm doing. I, I used to do a lot more indulgent things, but going from working to being a uh, an entrepreneur requires some sacrifice. So I don't get monthly massages anymore. I don't get my nails done every week anymore. Um, but I don't mind doing my nails at home. I really don't. It actually, it takes me out of whatever I'm doing because I have to focus on doing that. So that, you know, draws me into some self-care as well. But yeah, I am very intentional about it because I just am, I can be mean when I haven't, poured into myself and I, I know that about myself mm -hmm. um, and I don't like that I don't like when I feel like I'm even getting to that point I'm like I think I need a nap I'm kind of getting on my own nerves right now <laughs> and so if I feel like I need to just reset I I take time away and do those things reading is one of my favorite things mm -hmm. beyond crafting mm -hmm. if I'm not making something I like to read and I want it to be nonfiction. I read a, I mean fiction I read enough nonfiction. I'm reading how to everything mm -hmm. and so when I want to like escape I have my favorite fiction authors and and or I'll go out on you know a popular um 
lit uh, literary app and see what's out there. What are people mm -hmm. talking about? And I'll go, I'll read that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, when you're getting on your own nerves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, you need to go take a nap. Yes. A lesson in that too, ladies. <laughs> All right, so let's switch over to wordplay. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna share two words with you that I want you to just share your thoughts and reflections on. Um, the first is creativity. Oh, wow. Um, I've said this before. I believe this to be true. We were all created to create. Um, what that looks like is different for every person and it's not always um, a thing. Um, whether it be, whether you're painting, writing, cooking, you know, just we're all created to create. There is something in us all that does not exist in the other person, in another person. And so creativity is not about having artistic ability or being able to paint a mural or even write a poem. I could not tell you. I don't. I should know this, but I don't even know what defines a haiku. I should know that because <laughs> I learned it in school. So that's not my. That's not what was put in me. However, um, I believe it's that there is something in each of us. Creativity is not about making something or being crafty. When people come into my shop, they say, "I'm just not crafty." Or like, "What color goes with that?" And I try my very best to not put my color mind in them like I, you, this has got to this is going in your house whatever you do it's going to be great because it's not going to be another one like it I mean unless they exactly copy one that's on the wall but even still there's something some nuance that's going to be uniquely theirs so I just think creativity is in all of us it bears itself out very differently and it would be helpful for those who say I'm just not creative to Think about it more broadly, what creativity is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, the second word is color. Oh, wow. Um, when I think of color, I just think of beauty, just limitless beauty. Like color, it, it's infinite. You can take a finite set of colors and mix them, you know, in various, um, consistencies or, um, and come up with something uniquely different. If I have five different paint colors, I have a, a variety at my fingertips. Um, color is beautiful, like just whether it be shades of a particular color when i think about everything from skin color you have people with different shades of of color skin and some with freckles and some without and hair color and the color of trees and flowers it's just it's beautiful it, what it's what gives things character um so i just think beauty when i think of color wonderful now, as we bring the interview to a close, I want to make sure that our listeners know how to connect with you. Um, 
whether it's, you know, to visit the workshop when it's open or whether it's to find out about your Etsy shop um, or to just learn more about your story. I, I think sometimes we, we get in this mindset now in today's time and age with the technology that, mm-hmm. you know, like it has to be an online business, um, right. but there are mm-hmm. still, you know, retail storefront locations opening up and being successful. Um, so there may be a woman out there who has a vision for something um, who, you know, has been inspired by your story and maybe just want to connect with you and learn a little bit more. So how can our listeners find you online? So I am on Facebook and Instagram. Those are my two social platforms right now at Keppel and Kismet. And I can be reached via email at Nicole, N-I-C-H-O-L-E, at keppelandkismet.com. And my Etsy shop is the same. Right now, um, our, our workshop is Keppel and Kismet Creative Workshop and Boutique. And it's located in Towson, Maryland. Awesome, awesome. So ladies, you know how to connect with Nicole to either schedule a visit to her workshop to purchase DIY items from her Etsy shop um, or just to like and follow her on social media and keep up with what's going on on her journey. So Nicole, we wanna thank you so much again for joining us. We appreciate you sharing your time and your story and your journey with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It has been my pleasure. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Launch and Lead with Dr. Sharita Weatherspoon. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave your positive review so we can continue to bring you impactful and powerful content. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Coach Sharita. Learn more about how you can work with Dr. Sharita at SharitaWeatherspoon.com. As always, learn, launch, lead.